Welcome to the Adoption Today podcast. I'm Carrie Wilds. I'm Karen Lear. We do real talk on adoption and this journey called parenting. Hey everyone, welcome to our latest episode of Adoption Today. And we are super excited to speak with our guest, Simone Canego, who is um, an amazing person who does a lot of different things. Um, two of them being an adoptive mom, as well as a brand new author. Her book was just released in October 1st book, and it is called The Extraordinary Unordinary You. So welcome, Simone. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I believe you are the actually the second author we've had on, Carrie, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we had a children's book author. So I think that's awesome. Um, we talked about, um, we, we were just chatting before the show about how we could probably talk for an hour um, about everything that is in this book and all the different stories and everything like that. But I wanted to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself. Um, and tell us a little bit about your family before we really get into more of their um, of the story. Great. Um, so I'm Simone Canego. Um, I've been married to my husband, Rob, for 27 years, and we have six kids. Um, we have our oldest three are biologic, and we adopted our youngest three. Um, our, <clears throat> so our oldest three are 24 um, 20 and 17. And then our son, Ari, um, and I should say, okay, our 20, 24-year-old's name is Jacob. <laughs> I should name everybody. Um, our 20-year-old our is Emma. Our 17-year-old is Olivia. Um, then our 16-year-old is our, um, our son, Ari, who is from Ethiopia. Our 14-year-old is our son, Noah, who's from South Korea. And our 13-year-old is Millie, who is also from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. So we have... Um, Lots of chaos every day, and it's exactly how we like it. <laughs> I think it's cool, too, because when when we kind of got connected, um, you know, we didn't know each other or anything, and we started talking, and I was like, where are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? And you're like, Sarasota. And I was like, we're in Tampa. I was like, we're so close. So I know. Yeah. We're neighbors. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so there's so many good, so much wisdom, I guess, we could glean from your book, but what we were going to talk about a little bit is being um, the best version of you just as you are is a theme in your book. So how can you relate that sort of to parenting and family and community? How do you think being the best version of yourself translates, I guess, as a parent? So I think there's like so many, there's so many pieces to that, but um, you know, the book itself, I really talk about that, you know, realizing what you're capable of and recognizing the things that you do every day inspire the people around you. The things you do matter. And I think, you know, we we go through life sometimes and we I, I can tell you from my experience, you know, as raising kids, you're you're waking up in the morning and you're thinking, okay, it's groundhog day. Like I'm doing the same thing again. And um, but it's not true. Like it's the things that we we're doing are really impacting other humans you know they're impacting our kids they're impacting the people around us um, and really showing up every day um, as your best self with you know kindness and compassion and understanding and knowing 
that every day you're going to be ma- making mistakes because I do a million times a day. And, and that's okay because, you know, my, what I'm trying to do, you know, is really be my best self. And again, that comes with mistakes and saying that that's okay and, and move forward. Um, but it really does impact everybody, everybody around you. Um, mm-hmm. And I see a difference by how I approach um, my neighbors, how I approach, you know, I really make a conscious effort to do little things that, you know, I probably would think, oh, it really doesn't matter. But like, it does, you say hi to, you say hi to your neighbor, like it, it's, it's a nice thing to do. You, we were in Starbucks the other day and a woman cut us off in line and my daughter was frustrated and I was like oh it's another five minutes whatever and of course we get up to the we get up to the window to pay and the woman in front of us that had cut us off paid for our drinks and so then my daughter said after she had that moment of like you know that was so nice she's like can we buy drinks for the people behind us Uh and I said yep absolutely so you know, all these little things that, that we, um, it matters. It all matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And children so. pick up on what you do. So I've, you know, you can say, you can teach them by saying things, but I think it's, it's what you're saying is kind of teach them by showing. Absolutely. And doing. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes there's the moments of, uh, there's a moment of what not to do. <laughs> um, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely see those, but, um, you know, we really, I think that the way we approach stuff and even, even my husband will say, it's, it's funny. He's like, I pulled a Simone today. And I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I was on a phone call with somebody and it was just like, I couldn't think it, I thought it, it couldn't get any worse than this right now. Like it's just going on and on. And finally I, he's like, I decided just to be really nice. And guess what? Like their attitude changed. They were really nice back and mm-hmm. you know, it ended in a great way. And I was like, Oh, I like that. It's a, it's now a term I pulled a Simone. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, and it's really true about like the kindness contagion is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost sad that like you have to like really be intentional about it and do it because it's so just non-existent in the world we live in today. Sometimes not really, but like you feel like it's, it's, you really have to be intentional and do kind things, especially when you're trying to teach your kids to be those kind of people. So, um, you know, sometimes you forget in your own behavior that they're watching what you're doing. And it's like, Oh shoot. Like if they just saw me do that, I shouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. They're, 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 they're watching everything. And they're like, they, they're really like sponges. They pick up everything. And, and, you know, and, and that's a, that's a really great thing. Um, Because again, like I said, the, the, the pieces of, you know, okay, I just did something that they, you know, they're probably like, I can't believe mom just did that. Well, okay, there's an example of what not to do, you know, like, so I think it, it's all a teaching moment. And it's okay, you know, <laughs> we're human. Yeah, definitely. What I would say, like, like, kind of along that theme and everything, like, what inspired you and actually got you to write a book? Because writing a book is like a huge undertaking. Um, so like, you know, out of all your busyness of life and all the things you do and kids and stuff like that, like, like, why, what was your why behind like writing the book? So it's funny because I, I was doing, I was doing some public speaking and I would have people say, Oh, you have these amazing stories. You should write a book. And I'm like, I'm not writing a book. And they're like, no, really, you should write a book. Okay. Maybe I'll think about writing a book. 
And, but like, how do you put everything together? Like, you know, like you kind of, I mean, I have 5 million stories and I am getting more and more every day. I can tell you, my husband's like, be prepared for the sequel. Um, (laughs) But um, I was really the, the kind of the moment in time where I said, this is what I'm going to write about was I was sitting in this women's empowerment luncheon and um, I was listening to these amazing women speak and talk about their, the corporations that they had started and, and, you know, this one had like $200 million, her corporation is valued at and, you know, and everybody was equally as impressive that spoke. And I, I was looking at, at them thinking, um, that will never be me. And um, that was kind of the moment where I said, and that's the whole point. It doesn't have to be you. What you do every day matters. What you do inspires the people around you and everybody struggles with things it's not you know like definitely the women on stage have the things that they struggle with as well but you know you don't have it's it's this comparison that we do to everybody that you know what we do is never enough and I really have changed my thinking on that and that's really what I wanted to come across with in the book is that I know a lot of people say oh you're enough. Well, that's not the point. No, you're more than enough. The things that you do are really important. So you're way more than enough. Yeah. And I liked too your idea that you don't have to wait to be some, you know, better version of yourself to start inspiring other people. Like you just, you be the, I mean, you be the best version of you today. It doesn't, you're not waiting until X, Y, Z happens and then you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah, I think um, a lot of, you know, I, I do say this in the book that, you know, you read of a lot, a lot of uh, motivational books and they give you the steps on how you need to change yourself. Right. And um, it's just like for me, like, okay, these are the steps you need to do to go on a diet. Okay, well, I kind of fail at that many times. So, <laughs> but again, my realization was that you don't need to change who you are. You need to, you need to change the way you see yourself. And when you change the way you see, you see yourself and you realize these things that you're doing every day really are important, every little thing matters, um, then I think that your whole outlook changes. I love that. It has for me. Mm-hmm. It has for me. <laughs> no, I love that. I think it's even like, you know, small things like, um, you know, when I go for a run in the morning, um, I say hi to like whoever I run by, like always. And like, I don't care, you know, because it's just like, you never know, like if a smile and like a hi might make them have a better day or like the other day I was running in this um mom and her daughter where I was running there's like a lake and so um they were outside at a picnic table and I could tell they were doing like schoolwork and I was like good job mom you're doing school outside and she's like thanks she's like do you want to teach and I was like nope you don't want me to teach. <laughs> but you know so then and I've seen her a few days you know so I always like make sure to say hi to them and like encourage them because I know how hard that is to like teach your kids <laughs> so um you know yeah and just do anything in life like with kids but I that's funny because that reminds me when Calvin was a tiny baby we were traveling from Nashville to Pensacola where we had family on a straight flight and so we, we had spent the week in Pensacola. We were flying home. He was, I mean, not tiny. He was probably seven months old, but still, you know, in diapers and all that. And so I was, for some reason, going to go buy something in the airport. And I said to Scott, my husband, I said, 
can you just change his diaper? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I said, but don't lay him on that icky table, like in the bathroom. Like I was a total germ freak. I was like, just, you know, can you just change him? Like, can you just do it kind of like in his stroller? It was just a wet diaper. It wasn't, you know, can you just kind of do it? Like pull off to the side and kind of just discreetly change it and then go dump it in the garbage can in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I buy whatever I'm buying. I come back. He has my baby on the floor in the airport. <laughs> and like, I lost it. Right. Like I literally just, I just became crazy. And I started yelling. I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God. And like the airport was pretty quiet, but I was like, cause it was early in the morning on like a Sunday or something that we were flying home. And I was like, why would you put a baby on the airport floor? That's like worse than the changing table. Oh my God. And this mom walks past me and she just looks at me and she just goes, it gets better. <laughs> and I will never forget that. I was like, I was so mad at the time. I was like, whatever. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But like later on the airplane, as I was decompressing, I was like, that was really nice. You know, like it just, you needed those like in it and it broke my mental, like tr- bad thought train. So yeah, it's really, those, it does help. Yeah. Encourage it's, those, yeah. it's those moments of encouragement where, you know, you're not the only one here. You know, you're not the only person that has gone through this, that has the baby that pukes on the person in front of you while you're flying or, you know, there's so many things that happen all the time. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's just me. It's not, it's like, it happened. Things happen to everybody every day. And, you know, we have mm-hmm. to be a little bit more understanding and encouragement is, is huge. So it is. Yeah. So good job. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I know the pain of e-learning, which I hope that I <laughs> knock on wood, I never have to do again. So I'm like, you do it, get it girl. You know? So it's like, Oh, but yeah, it's like those moments you have to like look for and be intentional about like every day with everybody around you. I feel like so, um, with your, so Simone with your, I do want to talk about your adoptions a little bit because you have, um, really tons of really cool stories because I've read the book. <laughs> Um, but I think a great question is, um, cause you did international adoptions. Like originally when you guys were, you and your husband and your family were talking about adopting, what was like, what was your reasoning behind why you wanted to adopt and how you even got started doing that? So going back completely in history, we, um, I had our, we had our first child when I was 24, we got married when I was 21. Um, I, and I tell my kids now, like, don't even think about it. And they're like, oh, you guys are crazy. We would never think about it. <laughs> um, but so we had Jacob when I was 24. And then after two years, we decided, like, let's let's try and have another. And it didn't happen. Like, so it was it was actually four years between Jacob and Emma. And so we started talking adoption at that point. And then, of course, I went to see the doctor for something else. And he's like, well, you're pregnant. So I was like, oh, of course. Right. Um, but, um, you know, we just, after, so that kind of got, got the whole thing started. And we, we always knew like after that point that we really wanted to adopt and we had, um, kind of a, a moment in time where we felt like, okay, that this is the time to do it. And, you know, we were, we were all in and we, we just felt, and we, and we really still feel that there are just so many amazing kids in the world, just waiting for a family to love them. And, you know, we felt like we could be that family. Now we didn't realize we were, we were going to end up, end up having six kids. Um, you know, I think we were thinking four at the time and then we just kept going. Um, but you know, really best, best decisions we've ever made. And really the, all of our kids complete our family and, and make 
life so much better, so much more chaotic, but so much better. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys, you, cause you chose Ethiopia first. How did, how did that come about? Well, actually, so our kids are out of order. So Noah was actually our first adoption because he was a baby. He was four months old. And we, so we chose um, South Korea um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, they keep, my husband is a physician and, you know, he's always like the medical records, the medical records. I'm like, oh, get over the medical records. But they, you know, they did keep, you know, pretty accurate medical records. And, mm-hmm. um, and the other piece was um, in South Korea, the kids went into foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we love the idea that they had, you know, someone that was loving them from, from the beginning. And, um, and the interesting piece is after we adopted Noah and we went to adopt again, um, my husband is actually 10 years older than me in South Korea had an age limit. And mm-hmm. so the oldest parent couldn't be older than I think 43, something like that. And so Rob was 43 when we adopted Noah, so we couldn't go back mm-hmm. to South Korea. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of looked at what other options. I mean, again, with four kids now, um, okay, you know, what countries are going to approve us and, you know, where, what really fits with our family. And that's, we fell in love with Ethiopia and, uh, you know, we, we went to bring Ari home. He was four and a half years old when we brought him home. And actually when we arrived in Ethiopia at the orphanage, um, we actually all looked at each other. So we had our girls with us and we said, we're going to come back again. Like the kids were just, just so just wanted someone to love them. And, you know, it just made us feel like this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing right now. Um, and so then we went back and adopted Millie a year later. So, and then the minivan was full um, and, uh, you know, but even today they'll still say, mom, I think it's a really good time. Like we're, you know, with the youngest being 13, she's like, it's in, I think it's a really good time for us to adopt again because like we could really help. And I was like, okay, really? You're going to really help? <laughs> so, um, but I think we're, we're pretty, we're pretty full. So, uh, yeah. 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 Well, and I like, I'm not going to give it all away because I want, because I think people really should read the book, but how you wrote about each of your experiences and what you saw and like in Ethiopia, how you actually had to go and meet the birth family and kind of their family almost like give the blessing on your adoption of their child. It was just so impactful. And I thought it was just so interesting. And like you could, I love reading when you feel like you could be there even though you're not there and you can, you can feel the empathy and feel and understand what people are going through. So I thought, especially those were like so powerful of talking about, you know, the, your, your children's family members that you face to face got to meet and talk to. And they're basically giving you like the most special gift they ever could, you know, and you're leaving. Yeah. With that. So it's like, Oh, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh. So amazing. It was, um, you know, the experiences were really, really tough because, you know, as, as a parent, you feel all the emotions, you know, like you, I can't imagine, like, I I can't imagine, like, you know, so as we, as we went to, um, you know, their birth family homes, and this was just in Ethiopia, um, you know, it was, it was really, it was, I mean, I felt every emotion because, you know, happy, sad, um, you know, heartbroken, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of, all of those pieces come together because yes, we were given the biggest gift in the world by being able to 
you know, um, add Ari and Millie to our family and Noah as well, but just speaking about Ethiopia right now. Um, but in order for that to happen, someone else has to be suffering. And so, um, you know, it was really, it was really, so I struggled when I wrote those, when I wrote those chapters, I wrote and I rewrote and I rewrote because I was really particular about word choice to make sure I did justice. Um, and I think I did okay because um, Millie, who is probably my biggest critic, when I first told her that I was going to write a book, she, um, she said, well, can you not include me in it? And I was like, okay, well, there are six kids. I'm not going to do a five out of six, you know, like, hear about my five out of six kids. And she's, you know, like, you know, she's 13. So like everything is very sensitive. And um, I said, I promise I will, I will do my best, you know? And um, so when we got some copies of the book in, um, I asked her to take a picture with it. She took a picture and um, they were sitting on the counter and I saw her walk up, put one under her sweatshirt and go up the stairs. And I was like, not saying a word, not saying a word, not saying a word. Um, she calls me, I don't know, maybe an hour later, 45 minutes later, tears, FaceTime, tears just streaming down her face. And she said, um, the story about Ari's brother, I had no idea. The story about Noah, like, you know, she just, she's like, I just can't stop crying about this. And, um, and I said, um, you know, it was like, she's like, I really thought that I wasn't going to like it, but I have to tell you, like, it's so good. Like, it's so good. I didn't know these stories. And um, it's, it was, I don't need another review like that. Like that really is the only review I need from, you know, and when she read the chapter about her, you know, I said, okay, what do you, what do you think? And she's like, I think you did a really good job. She's like, I was worried when I was, you know, when I, when you were writing, but I really think that you did a really good job. And I learned a lot about things that I, I didn't know because she doesn't, you know, they, like, we try to have these, you know, what do you want to know? Nothing, nothing, you know, like, mm -hmm. and eventually I know they will. And that's why we keep like saying for us, like, we want to be able to be really open about whatever questions they have. They're just not at the point where they want to know the answers yet. So um, I think it was really good for her to, to read it. And like I said, I felt like, okay, this is, that's all I need for that, for her to say, like, she felt good about it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> that brings up, I was going to ask you, um, did you have in mind when you started writing it, um, boundaries that you wanted to keep for your kids? Like, okay, I'm going to tell, but I don't, you know, like, how did you keep that perspective or were you worried about it or were you just like, I'm going to pretty much lay it all out there on the table? Um, no, I was still pretty sensitive about it. I mean, there were definitely, um, um, pieces that, um, I didn't and pieces that like, you know, they know about, but that I just didn't want to put in there because, you know, I don't right. want the whole, you know, like their stories are really important and what they choose with parts of them later, that's, you know, that's their, their life. But I just wanted to make sure they really, what they got from it was, you know, the honesty of the entire experience and how, how we really feel about them. And I think that's what came through, but definitely, um, you know, I was really, I was really careful about, again, word choice and, and, you know, what, and what other people say when it comes to adoption, I have people say to me all the time, and 
to me, like I personally, I, I can't stand it, but you know, people will say, um, oh, your kids are so lucky. And mm-hmm. um, that to me is like the, the dagger because I'm like, you know what, we're the ones that are really lucky. Like, let me explain to you what they went through, you know, yeah. to get to this point. And so, um, so all of those things, I tried to be really, you know, conscious about what I was, what I was writing to make sure that they never went back and said, I can't believe you said that, um, you know, versus, you know, and, and trust me, they say that to me every day about everything else, but you know, <laughs> it's different when you put it in a book. So yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, definitely. What, and I think you can, you can tell, um, which I, I know this is true for like, you know, I feel like any adoptive family, you feel that, um, you, it, that child changes you and changes your family more for the positive than you feel like maybe you're doing for them and that, and how you wrote it and like the stories that you tell it definitely, you can, you can feel it and you can understand, especially like when you're going into, you know, a different country and like their customs and how they live and things like that it's like you know I love that you're writing about it because it's something that I'm not probably going to go there and get to see it but like I remember it and like I've I've learned that just from reading it and it's you know it's going to impact so many people because now they can they can feel what you guys felt when you were there and it's pretty clear like how it changed your family and brought you together and you know it's really amazing so I know it'll definitely inspire other people to you know, if they have the dream of adoption, they might read it and be like, Ooh, yeah, they did it. So I think we could do that too. Definitely do it. And honestly, uh, well, I'll say best, best six things that ever happened to me. Okay. Husband seventh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so yeah. Can you, could you share excuse me, your story about the lady in the grocery store, because I think that fits in well with what we were talking about with the um, questions. Yeah. So, you know, again, when I think every parent is super protective and you, you just feel like those moments of like, what are you thinking? But we were, um, we were in the grocery store and um, Millie was sitting in the cart. It was pretty soon after um, she came home. And so she was not even two and a half. And I saw a woman looking at us and I'm thinking, Oh, here we go. Um, and she walked up and she said, um, can I ask how much you paid for her? And of course, instantly, like I was like, Oh, you know, like, uh, and I, I wanted to, like, I was, I was getting, I was getting the, that emotional anger, you know, happening. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not where I want, want to be right now. So, um, I learned early on the best thing to do is when you get a question that you don't feel comfortable about, you put it back on the other person and ask them, well, why would you ask that question? Or, you know, and so that's basically what I said to her, well, why would you ask? And, um, and so um, she said to me that, well, she, um, her daughter has been trying to have a baby for years and hasn't been able to, and she wanted to know, like, how um, expensive adoption was to see if she could start saving up money to help her daughter with an adoption. And so it turned out to be this really amazing conversation that in any other realm, I would have been like, don't talk to me. Like you cannot ask questions like that. Um, And, um, but we did, we had a really nice conversation and 
And then, of course, I added in the, and just for future reference, um, you don't pay for children. And <laughs> let me explain how that works. And probably not a, not a, not a thing that you want to ever ask anybody else. Because um, you <laughs> might not get the same response as you just got from me. Um, but, you know, it really turned out to be a really um, positive conversation. And I think it's the thing to remember that sometimes people don't know the words to use. And we talk about this in mm-hmm. all realms of what's happening in the world or, you know, like, it's okay to ask a question if your intention is pure. Like if you're just there to be mean about something, you know, don't. Right. but I think, you know, the important thing is to understand that, you know, and, and in that moment, she really, you know, she just really wanted to understand adoption and she didn't know how to ask me. So, um, but it happens all, yeah. all question, crazy questions all the time. <laughs> but it's such a great reminder of just being, tolerant and being open whereas sometimes you know when you put up your defenses you don't get the opportunity to teach somebody so you it, that was just you know really great job thank well you done. thank you yeah <laughs> we we definitely yeah. we have moments like that all the time and and I do say to the kids that like um you know the learning lessons sometimes of what not to do most of the time of what to do and um <laughs> you know, and, but it's okay. You, you need to be able to ask questions and maybe it's better if you preface it why, you know, with why you're asking it first, if you don't know the right words to use. Um, but still it's, it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to make mistakes. So those are really important pieces in, in what we do every day. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So what is, so in your house, cause you have a very busy house with lots of people. <laughs> What is, and you're, and you do talk, you talk about like happily unbalanced, which I love because balance is just not really attainable. I feel like in the real world in general, especially with kids, but what does that look like in your house? Like, how do you attain happily unbalanced? So if you think of a reality, reality show, um, that's basically what happens in our house every day. You never know, like it, it's, and we just roll with it now. Like it, you have to expect the unexpected all of the time. That's kind of how we, we look at it. And and I'm a big believer in that you you can't stress about the things that, you know, you can't control, which is most things, right? Like, so, you know, my, my mom will say to me, how are you not nervous about that? I'm like, because I can't do anything about that right now. Like, there's just nothing I can do. So why am I going to get myself all upset about it if I can't, you know, if I can't, you know, fix it? So you know, we definitely have, um, we're, we're, I'm a a 50% empty nester right now. So that's like an important thing to note, but only for, um, they'll be home November 20th through February. So, and that's like (laughs) going back to, it's interesting because as they go away to college, you think, okay, like they're so independent when they're gone and they come home and it's like the same mess again. And you're like, what? Like you're so clean and organized at college, but at home you like, you just add to the stuff I have to do every day, but that's okay because I'm always happy to have them home. Um, but like we do, we have like, I want to say it every day, like there's lots of stories in the book about like, you know, crazy things that we've had happen. Um, but even yesterday, you know, my story about my, the, the eggs exploding, the, the whole idea of trying to, to multitask and this, this stuff like this happens all the time. Like we're, I decided like that I was going to boil eggs and then I got on a call and I completely forgot that I was boiling eggs until I heard like a loud boom 
and um, that loud noise, it, I thought like it was something else happening in the house. Um, but no, it was a, an egg exploding out of the pan, actually two eggs. <laughs> so I started with seven, ended with five. Eggs were on the floor, on the walls, everywhere you can imagine. I did not know that was possible. So again, I learned something new yesterday as well. Um, but it's, you know, and like for me, I just have to laugh about that kind of stuff. Like probably like years and years ago, like I would have been frustrated about that. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I can't believe I did that. That's pretty funny. You know, <laughs> you know, cause if I, it's that don't sweat the small stuff. It's, it's like, cause there is, there is small stuff constantly. And, uh, so we try to use a lot of humor and, um, but there is a lot of, it's, the schedule is busy. Um, we had, um, there was one summer where um, the kids were all away at camp and different summer programs, except for Millie. And so um, we were going to a movie one night and I said, so what do you think? How's it being the only child? And she's like, I'm not the only child. I'm the lonely child, you know, because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're so, they're so used to, you know, as well, having, you know, constant chaos. And if you don't want to talk to this one, you get to talk to the next one, you know, and you can, there's always, you know, there's always something um, happening and, you know, we just kind of like, everybody's like, oh, you must be so organized. I'm like, no, not really. I think I just get it done. Like I make sure like it's in by the deadline, but I don't have like stacks and stacks of things like ready to go. I just, uh, I make a list, I lose the list and then I rewrite the list. That's basically how it goes. So <laughs> Well, and all the things that happened could be in your, your second book. So. Yeah, we, we, um, we, we, we did joke about like, well, my husband's like two things. You got to keep these news stories because, you know, he had a ridiculous story recently as well. But, but he's like, you got to keep the stories. But also what people tell you they've done differently after reading your book. So we have a friend um, who is a he's a physician. And although I would say the majority of people that will probably um, read the book are women, you know, can't hurt for a man to read it, I can tell you that. Um, but he said now he he's like, now when I walk around the hospital, um, I say hi to people in the elevator, I make eye contact. And I said, and how's that going? He's like, I think they think I'm crazy, because I didn't speak to them for 20 years. And now I'm saying hi, and they're not sure what to say back. <laughs> I'm like, you should have started this 20 years ago. <laughs> So Simone, since you launched your book and you're on your way with that, um, is there a next adventure you kind of have in mind for what you guys want to do or what you want to do? So I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. Like I tend to like find something that I want to do. Again, one of the things in the book is like that I climbed Kilimanjaro and like I find these things and I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, right now I'm really um, focusing on just getting the book out there um, and really getting my message out there. And I think, like I mentioned, the kids are all coming home November 20th for almost three months. So um, that will really be my focus because it's really, it's a gift. The fact that I get to have like even my adult ones back for a period of time, it's like so unexpected. Um, so of all the crazy things that are happening in the world right now, I would say that it's given us this great gift from March until August. And now again, it's, we, we get it, we get a couple more months then that we would have never had together as a family. So 
that's kind of my focus. And then we'll see from there. Like I said, my husband jokes that um, all the stories that I'm uh, accumulating now will go into the, the next yeah. book and, and we'll see, we'll see, you know, it definitely was uh, it was a labor of love, but I really did enjoy writing it and I'm really enjoying talking about it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. No, that's awesome. We, we so appreciate um, having you on and, and talking about your journey and, um, we'll definitely post the link to your book, the extraordinary unordinary you, you can get it on Amazon. Um, so we'll make sure in the show notes to put, put that info, um, in there as well. So, um, thank you so much. And, um, we hope to see another book coming in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And it was such a pleasure to talk to you guys. Oh, thank you. We feel the same. All right. Okay. Thank y'all for listening. Bye guys.